Well, a couple big plays on offense and a couple big plays on defense, basically. I mean, I don't think that they necessarily proved that they were the better team, but they made some clutch plays on both sides when it, when it counted, and on, and on special teams, too, really. What is their problem in, in the red zone? Is it just lack of a running game? Is that, is that what it stems from? No, that's <laughs> totally not it, actually. I mean, I don't really know what it is, but that shouldn't be it because they didn't have a running game last year, and they were excellent in the red zone last year. And did you apply for it, or did you just were you just granted it from the Twitter gods? I'm not going to act like being verified wasn't a life goal, okay? Uh, it, 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 it was, for absolutely no good reason other than pure vanity. Welcome in to another episode of Burgundy Blogcast with the man behind Burgundy Blog, Brent, and me, Hayes, from Sports Channel 8, Brent. The Redskins got a win, got a big win, avoided going 0-3, avoided going 0-2 in the division. Mm -hmm. My question to you is how did they do it? Well, unconventionally, that game was that game was bananas. That was I thought uh, you, they, they scored more points than the other team. I thought you were gonna hit me with that. Yeah, like, but um, um, ching. they did. Uh, but nah, what, what uh, how did it happen? Um you know, I, I'm still kind of, you know, a couple hours later, I'm sort of wondering how it happened. I mean, uh, it, it, things were looking pretty bleak in the first half. It was, I think they were down 14-3 and then 21-9. They were totally failing to convert, scoring opportunities into touchdowns as they have all season. And then, um, I mean, I think the real answer is they kind of, well, a couple big plays on offense and a couple big plays on defense, basically. I mean, I don't think that they necessarily proved that they were the better team, but they made some clutch plays on both sides when it when it counted, and on and on special teams too. Really, we talked about uh, halftime adjustments and specifically about some of the players' comments about halftime adjustments. There was also a lot of talk about what was or wasn't being said uh, to each other in the Redskins locker room. Did it look like a team that either a made adjustments from the first two games and had a, a good scheme coming into this one, or like you said, it was a slow start? So did it look like? They adjusted to something specific that, that got them rolling in the second half. Was there some type of offense that, that they uh, sort of went to that really helped them, or was it just sort of the things they were doing started working, where, whereas they had not before? Uh, I, well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I think sort of like one of the main um, questions about in-game or, or even even pre-game adjustments that, you know, some of the criticisms that, that Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, has been getting and that the team has been getting is – of course, about uh, Josh Norman and whether or not he's going to, you know, like lock down the the opposing top receiver or tr travel or what have you. And and so uh, I don't know how much you saw this week, Hayes, about there was basically like a leak to Britt McHenry at, at ESPN about how the Redskins had decided, you know, several days ago that they were going to have um, Norman basically match up on, on yep. Beckham. And, uh, you know, I thought that was weird. I, I always I always kind of have like I always wonder a little bit about breaking news or so-called reports about things that are going to happen in the future. Um, you know, like, and, and I guess I kind of doubted whether that was real or she had just kind of heard that as a possibility. And then part of me wondered if that was actually even going to happen. But that definitely happened. Norman was on Beckham, I think, something like three-quarters of the snaps. Interestingly, oh. it didn't seem like he was always playing straight man. He seemed to still be in some sort of a variation of zone some of those times. But that was an example of one change that they made. 
Um, I've seen, you know, I've been reading articles, et cetera, as I do since the game ended. And, uh, like, a lot of the national guys are sort of saying that um, even though the Redskins won the game, that it kind of seems like Beckham maybe won the matchup because he had, I don't know if you've got it in front of you, 130-some yards maybe. He did have a lot of yards. But right. I felt like that, um, you know, even though they had lost the element of surprise, I guess, because of this, this leak, um, it seemed like it worked. I mean, Beckham Beckham had his catches in his yards, but he definitely didn't take over the game. Um, I it felt like Norman was in some ways having a bigger impact just by being really physical and and kind of making stops at key times. So I think that helped. And then in terms of you know in-game adjustments, really I think the biggest um, sort of thing that they had to deal with tonight was or earlier today was injuries. Um, there was you know they their center Lichtensteiger went out, uh, the left guard Laveo went out, and the same dude is the backup for both of those. Um, so and we're going to have to get into this because it was really interesting. But they kicked Trent Williams, who's like you know, Pro Bowl near All Pro level left tackle, making a you know buku bucks. They kicked him inside to guard and brought in the backup tackle Ty Inseki and had him play tackle. So Trent Williams was playing guard for literally he says the very first time in his entire life. Oh. Um, he did that for like three quarters and he looked really good. He made some key blocks. The run game kind of like actually flourished a little bit in the second half. That was amazing. And then they had they had a big injury very early on to Bashad Breeland too. So, um, I mean, I, I think hats off to the coaching staff for figuring out how to piece all that together. Um, all right, going back to Norman and Beckham for <clears throat> a little bit. Uh, I agree with what you said. It reminded me of, <clears throat> you know how much I like to bring it back to uh, my hometown Carolina Panthers anytime I can, but last year's matchup, <laughs> when Norman was with the Panthers and Beckham. And same thing, Beckham got his numbers, but A, it felt like there were maybe a couple key times where uh, Beckham did get open where they needed a play. And then obviously Norman's team won both when he was with the Panthers and then today with the Redskins. Right. So I don't know, you know, obviously the ultimate grade is the, the win or loss. And so in that sense, Josh Norman wins the matchup in my eyes. But yeah, yeah. I don't know at what point you say, well, he got 100 yards, but it would have been 200 yards against an average cornerback. You know, I don't know how you rate those things, but no, I, I give it at at best it was a, a a scratch. You know, pretty even. Beckham didn't dominate, and like I said, didn't didn't have obviously didn't have the game winning play because they didn't win. And the other thing, uh, definitely, I mean, it was it was very. I mean, this is no this is no new thing for Beckham, but like. He was so worked up the whole time on the sidelines with his little fits and tantrums. I mean, too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was like he this guy. I mean, I get it. He's a competitor, but like, geez, with the crying and the kicking. The did you see where he pushed or he punched the the field goal net and hit him in the face? <laughs> no, oh my gosh, that. that was amazing. After last year's, it was both losing their cool. It sort of like half the matchup was. You know who's going to catch the ball or who's going to break up passes, and half was who's going to stay more calm. Like that seemed like obviously the the way you wanted to go with it, and it didn't seem like uh, Odell was winning that one. Now there didn't seem to be as much. There was uh, yeah the intensity there, but the the dirty play or whatever that that was did not seem there as much. I saw one random play, and, and again I'm always watching like in a bar with multiple games, so I'm not sound. And so did Norman get called for a penalty one time when he got trunked by? 
by somebody. I I, I couldn't tell exactly. What he happened. did get he did get a personal foul, but um, it was not against Beckham, and it was you know it was it basically was like a targeting or sort of a head hunting thing. I mean, it it definitely wasn't him getting trucked. He laid a huge hit on uh on on uh, Sterling Shepard, and Shepard caught the ball and held on, which was beast. But it was kind of like I don't know. I saw some people kind of saying that maybe it was clean. It it did it 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 was just kind of like a violent one of those bang bang really violent looking hits where it was kind of like his shoulder and maybe sort of his helmet got up into Shepard's helmet area and I mean he got rocked but he held on and they just threw the flag because it was like it, it looked kind of like he was you know targeting him but. Um, you know, for the most part, Norman seemed to keep it together, and Beckham totally didn't. So, I mean, I, I think and Beckham also didn't score. So, you know, I, I mean, I think I think he more than neutralized him. Cousins had a really interesting game, and I've I've actually seen like uh, pretty smart observers like um, on on both sides of the coin for him, you know, in terms of like g- grades or whatever. Uh, and some some of the beat guys felt like he he wasn't that good, and some some other guys said that he kind of like um, you know persevered. And and of course, I mean, he 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 led the offense to a key road win against the team with a winning record. So, I mean, I, I'm somewhere in between. I, I don't think he looked like a franchise-type quarterback yet at all. I mean, he just still – I mean, he didn't throw a pick, which is which is the first time this season. Um, and so that's obviously good. He protected the ball a lot better. He did make a couple plays off schedule for the first time, kind of like moving around in the pocket a little bit and making things happen as, as the coverage broke down. Yeah. Uh, to, to me, it's still like – He's he's not creating as much as you'd want for somebody making that much money. I mean, I, I guess I got to stop talking about the money. I mean, he just he is who he is, and he's making what he's making. I realize that that doesn't change the player that he is. But I guess in terms, if we're if we're talking about him taking the you know making the leap or taking the next step, um, his accuracy still isn't quite right. I mean, I, I think he's still. Uh, with a couple exceptions, because the touchdown pass to there was a forty-some yard touchdown pass to Dejon, uh, Deshaun Jackson, and the throw was sweet. That was um, money. Really, really money, and a sick catch too. So he he flashes that, and and like you just want to see so much more of that. Um, I think he threw for almost three hundred. He had two touchdowns. It's hard for me to say he didn't have a good game, but like in the first half. Yeah, he just really wasn't making it happen, especially in the red zone. They were actually 0 for 4 on converting red zone trips into touchdowns today, so they they have not solved that issue. I think he yeah. was I think he was good enough, basically. Yeah, it almost seemed like they could have, uh, and, and that type of thing. Oh my gosh, sorry, I'm watching a game of Ezekiel. <laughs> just jumped over a guy. Just jumped over a guy. Uh, but uh, it was almost one of those things where the, they felt like. Uh, it can be very disheartening when you drive down the field and end up for field goals two and three times in a row. Um, yeah. But uh, but it, but it also can you know if you can spin it the right way, you can remember that that you can you can regroup and say, hey guys, we've we've moved the ball seventy yards three times in a row. These guys instead of thinking we got you know shut down three times in a row. Yeah. Uh, 
But but the Redskins then late in the game also would have been nice to have some touchdown. They had some more field goals. What is their problem in, in the red zone? Is it just lack of a running game? Is that is that what it stems from? No, that's it, totally not it. Actually, I mean I don't really know what it is, but that shouldn't be it because they didn't have a running game last year and they were excellent in the red zone last year. So part of it is Cousins. I mean he's he just seems out of sync as he gets closer right now. I'm not sure what it is, but. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's, I'm not sure what it is about the play calling. If it's not, you know, there's, there's like, they, they seem to lack a certain unpredictability. Um, and I find myself like thinking that a lot of, especially third down calls in the red zone seem just like totally uninspired. So I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a coach either, but, um, I, I don't know what it is. I really don't think it's the running game. Cause in fact, today, uh, Matt Jones looked as good today as he has as a Redskin, really. Um, and they, um, he didn't get a ton of carries. I think he only had 60 or 70-some yards. But uh, he was effective running the ball. I'm not sure what it is. He took a nasty hit late when he had sort of hit the ground and the ball came out. I think they said it was after. But uh, I don't know. Was, was he okay? Yeah, he did. The- he got rocked. He did fumble, but he recovered it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. He grabbed right there. But uh, um, all right, three plays that stood out in my mind is sort of just like uh, good plays. Uh, one was a long touchdown pass to my boy Jameson Crowder. Uh, what uh, do you, does that ring a bell? Well, yeah, it was. It just sure does. It was an awesome play, but it, it really, of course, wasn't wasn't a long pass. It was a, it was a screen. Um, long pass. Yeah, long, long, long run. He traveled a long way. I mean, that was awesome. And I, I wrote, I made a little note there that it was kind of like so ironic that it, it happened on third and super long. I think it was third and fifteen, and they call a little <clears throat> receiver screen. And that was a play uh, where they, where uh, Trent Williams actually uh, just, just not, totally erased uh, not one but two guys down the field to really make that touchdown happen. And, and he did that from the guard position, which was so sweet. But. Uh, Crowder was big. Crowder had a had a had a big punt return and that awesome touchdown. So he looked really good. That's one of those play calls where if it doesn't work, people are like, "Why the hell are you throwing it 15 yards short of the first down?" Yeah. But, but you don't always see the like, "Well, we were one block away from it being." Right. You know, all the blocks were set up. So uh, another play. Uh, this was maybe my favorite. Sort of, you know, wasn't a, wasn't necessarily big. Although that may have been a third down. I can't remember how big it was uh, in terms of keeping the drive alive. But it just sort of showed it was the essence of what this guy is. Jordan Reed had it. It, it was maybe just like a twelve yard catch, but he caught it like six yards deep, mm-hmm. kind of like broke away from a dude, backed up, and then trucked another dude for a first down. And uh, it proved to to me once again that he's probably their most talented player. Uh, it, it, this I'll tie this back into the red zone because I meant to ask you this too. Is it part of it where he was a little bit under the radar last year, and now in the red zone he's probably team's first uh, defensive team's sort of first thing to lock up for the Redskins in the red, in the red zone? Definitely, I'm sure you're onto something there. I mean, he 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 may have snuck up on teams over the course of last season, and and certainly now they're, they're I mean I. They're not. They're not giving him the same looks and opportunities that he had. I mean, coming into this game, I was. I had been just sort of looking at numbers um, last week and realized that set, uh, Cousins had thrown 17 passes in the red zone, and Reed uh, Reed had been targeted. I think on only three of them, which is seems far too few, and had had caught only one of them, and it wasn't even for a score. So um, they they have. I think still even today with the win, uh, are not finding enough ways to manufacture touches and chances for him in the red zone. I mean, I think, I mean, I guess if he's drawing coverage, that's, that's, um, an asset, but, um, yeah, I am a little, that, that, the play you mentioned, totally agree. Total, total badass play. I mean, he, he made an awesome catch. 
Um, and then he came back a little bit, and then he just dominated three guys to get the first down. I mean, he's he's such a stud. I think they have to force feed him if you know if it's not coming naturally. Yeah. And then my other favorite play. Look, anytime you're playing against Eli Manning, you got to be licking your chops because you know that the the chance for interceptions are coming your way. But more than just uh, Eli Picksville, the the one-handed one that uh, was it Dunbar that made the one-handed grab. That's right. Yeah, I agree. That I, that that play was awesome. <laughs> that was just an amazing play. Now I think you were telling me he is a former receiver, so that probably helps. Normally the joke is that you know. Good defensive backs are guys in high school who uh, were wide receivers who couldn't catch the ball. But uh, but obviously, if Dunbar made it all the way through college as a wide receiver, he must have had pretty decent hands and showed it. <laughs> is he more than just uh, you know uh, a flashy one hand catch guy? Is he is he becoming a a regular stable NFL quarterback? I think he's got a really bright future. I loved him. I mean, he was he was an easy man crush last year with just coming out of nowhere, and he had several really meaningful impactful games in the second half of last year as they were making that playoff push and and I mean he was out there as this converted undrafted rookie covering um I mean I, he had snaps against Beckham he had snaps against Des Bryant last year and he he really acquitted himself nicely last year this year has been kind of weird because they've become you know after signing Norman and after drafting Kendall Fuller who's been mostly inactive um, it's it's been a real logjam at corner, and like Dunbar, Dunbar, I think last week was actually inactive himself, so he hasn't really had a chance to make a big impact. Today's game was wild for him because you probably saw like really early on that first, you know, he was the guy that that touched the ball that turned into a fumble on that punt return. Right. Um, that was a disaster. Like that was one of the most heinous turnovers giveaways that that you could ever have. I mean, he was, you know, he he probably was pushed or forced into that ball and I, I think if that was a reviewable play the rest probably would have seen that and maybe overturned it so I, I don't think it was 100 percent on him but he shouldn't have been anywhere near that ball he was within a few feet and you know and got got pushed into it so he was like in, right off the bat total goat it seemed like but then he came back not only with that incredibly uh important uh, interception at the end but he's the guy that caught the fake that the bomb from tress way on the fake punt um so two uh, two yeah, enormous plays by him. I didn't even think about that being him. Uh, what did you think about the fake punt? Because that's one. That's another one where man, if that doesn't work, yeah. people are looking to do all kinds of bad. So hindsight, it looks amazing. I mean, first of all, that the throw from Tressway, the punter, was unbelievable. Um, yes, that's how it's like called. Like, yeah, I wanna, it seems like the call there is to throw short. Because you've got the guy running blindly down the field with you, and you're the only one who knows, hey, I'm going to run 15 yards down and then stop. Because yeah. that just normally happens on a punt. It seems like that's the way you would run it. But to try and curl around, like, same thing. If you're if you're running down the field and you're doing the, the classic, you, you know this from playing, like, backyard football. Like, don't throw your eyes up and just run as the ball's coming in and pretend like, you, you know, you're <laughs> yeah. not going to the ball to be in the air for another two seconds because of a punt. Yeah. yeah. Late, you make the dive, you know? I mean, I imagine he was doing something like that, but I was, I was like, man, that is, that is just, I, again, I don't know if that's how they drew it up, and again, if it was, it's a beautiful pass, but so, it seemed like so that play. Yeah, two things on that. They First of all, I, I mean, it, it was it's one of those where in hindsight, because it worked, it, it looked amazing. I think it was super risky. I mean, to me, it, like, if, if that fails, they're 
screwed and they probably lose. So, I mean, ballsy call. I'm not sure if I love the call. I mean, just again, without the benefit of hindsight, I mean, I just if even if you're going to make a if you're going to go for a fake, doesn't seem like a super high percentage one, but another interesting thing on that is that I caught a few minutes of um in a, a, a um like a post-game interview with Tressway the punter, the guy who threw it. And uh, and he actually said that that wasn't, you know, I mean, not that any of these plays are random, and a lot of research goes into all of them, but he said that uh, that the defensive coaches had identified that that specific guy on the Giants' punt coverage team in in that situation, like, tends to ignore the gunner. Like, they, they, they targeted him because they knew it would be there. And, in fact, they told him they, – they, they knew that he was – like, they wanted him to throw it deep. And their, their actually greater concern was that the, that the punt returner – that the, the ball was – like, the play was designed for such a deep pass that they thought the punt returner might be able to come down and make a play on it to break it up. Oh, no, that was, that, was, uh, that was amazing. And I can see that too, though. If you're watching tape and you just see, like, look, dude – by the third part of the game, this guy is mailing it in. Watch this dude, you know. Um, yeah, I can, I can see, I can see you seeing stuff like that. But I uh, thought that was cool. I mean, it, it's just tough. That's a, that's a. I wish you could. I wish I could I had been watching more closely. I always like trying to see what people are acting like. Uh, I had a buddy who who used to swear, and he used to be pretty decent at it. Although I think now more, he would just say it like every time, and it's just one of those like it just seems he was right because when he was right, you're like, dang, he was right. But like he would always like the way the punter like walk ran out there, just sort of like, you know, he'd be like, dude, that dude's swinging his arms way too much. <laughs> that's, that's definitely a fake punt. Just, <laughs> like. The punter that's like trying to sell, like, well, let me see, is everything loose? Because I'm about to punt the ball. Everybody knows I'm punting here. Like, here's my motion. And, you know, and he used to call him out, like, nah, nah, nah. That's that's an unnatural. I did one. hear on this one that that um, two guys, uh, the cousins said, and also Dustin Hopkins, the the place kicker, both said they did not know even as it was unfolding that it was that it had been called. So like half the team was even surprised that it that it happened. Punter said. You know the, the the kicker, the kicker, like you, they're you know the the kicker and the punter. Obviously, I'm sure on every team are like best friends, so they spend all their time practicing together. So, um, but but Dustin Hopkins, the the kicker, said that he didn't know that a that this fake had been called for Tressway the punter, and so, um, in fact, he was like, yeah, after it was snapped, and he and and Tressway got the ball, he was like. He was thinking, man, that's like a really, like a really slow get off, and like he thought it was basically going to be a bad punt, and then he pulls it up and throws it. So they were all shocked. What? Uh, I guess do they, do they not trust the kicker man? They're afraid that he's going to like tell somebody. I think he knew. I think. I mean, I think they all knew that it had, it had been installed during the week. I don't know, maybe not, but they, but they definitely didn't know that it was happening right then. thing before we get to Brent's notes a couple media things one I need the Washington Post to not be blocking me out uh and telling me that I've used my free uh allotment of articles now the good thing is I can still still cruise in here and read the headlines to to have things to ask you about like ooh, after pregame's warning Norman and Beckham fight fairly so then (laughs) I'm like apparently you know I didn't miss anything in the first half there um but uh but now when I try to kick Click on articles. They're like, no go. 
my second media question, this actually comes from a uh, uh, an avid listener, is uh, when did you get verified on Twitter, Burgundy Blog? <laughs> God, that was uh, um, probably two or three weeks ago, I think. And did you apply for it, or did you just were you just granted it from the Twitter gods? I'm not gonna act like being verified wasn't a life goal, okay? It it it, it was for absolutely no good reason other than pure vanity. I mean, I think everybody sweats the check. Let's be real. So. See, I- Okay, now I want to stop you right there because now this is going to sound like a hater because I don't have one, but I've never sweated the check, and here's why. Because there's so many, like, dopes that if they just work for a media outlet that gets all their people checked, they get checked. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that, but I I guess from my standpoint, I always thought it would lend a certain credibility because I don't have that. I'm not affiliated with any legit media outlet. So, in answer to your question, when um, when they did uh, when they came out with this general application, however many months ago, I sure did apply, and I got rejected. Uh, I got rejected summarily and swiftly, and um, and I was like, I thought I had maybe some, you know, I've got some connections, and I thought maybe I had a chance, but they squashed it. And this is really interesting. Weeks went by, like I mean, oh, maybe maybe a couple months went by, and. And, and I got an email, and then out of the blue, I got an email. I mean, after my my uh, application had been formally dismissed, I got an email out of the blue saying, hey, um, you know, uh, we understand that you're interested in being verified. It was very confusing. It said something about how they needed my email address to be in a different format or something like that. So I was like, okay, and I, I made a little change that they requested, and then boom, next day, blue check. So you think that maybe the the first time you were dismissed, it was just like a uh, like the computer was reading your, your your email wrong, and you didn't actually get considered. I don't have a clue, man. I don't know. So, I I, so. I for in a way that I I'm not fully at liberty to divulge. I kind of suspect that one particular person might have pulled a string or two. Um, <laughs> But I, I really, I honestly, even that, I don't know, man. It's, it's. Uh, I wish I knew more than anybody else does. It, it, it just happened. When you got, uh, when you were rejected, did you get a rejection letter? Like, did it say like nah, or, or did it just come back and like, was there? A- yeah, plain as day. It was an email saying, "Thank you for your interest. Um, you're not, you're not a good candidate. Sorry." <laughs> <laughs> I, hope you say, I hope you save that somewhere. Oh yeah, I've got it. I'll, remember, I'll never forget this Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. I got the last laugh. Like you bird. Did you turn the the bird into like your dartboard for a year? <laughs> like then, Twitter. Arr, arr, I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do a podcast. That'll make me legit. But for all those who may have been curious, I can confirm that literally nothing changes in your life or on your Twitter account when you get the blue check, other than the check itself. Well, but after all the uh, the pining, did it? I mean, did did it feel good? For, yeah, for for like a couple hours, it was a total ego <laughs> boost, and then you know, and I, I've basically forgot about it until you mentioned that. For a couple hours. All right. Well, it's good to know you're verified that you're not some uh, fake. Unreal. Per- Long or whatever. Even though I won't tell you my last name, I am real.
right, let's go through Brent's notes. Now, the point of this segment is Brent always sends me copious uh, amount of notes that we could never work through because the podcast would be too long. So we did a really good job of just going through them quickly. Now, Brent is trying to foil that plan by doubling the number of notes he sends. (laughs) It's going to take a long time. I'll be fast this time. Okay, I'll try. Hopefully we've we've uh, we've already talked about some of these and we can scale, but let's go through these right now. And a lot of the times I don't even know what these abbreviations are. <laughs> it's stream of consciousness notes as he watches the game. Special teams to slash TDs at turnover slash touchdown. Yeah, that was but- just that was just about Dunbar, and we covered that. The, the point was that that he looked that he had made that huge gaffe at the beginning, and then he totally redeemed himself twice over. And totally redeemed himself. Blackman for Bruton. So, Bruton is the safety who came over from the, the Broncos last year. And, again, we talked about him before because I thought he would be a big upgrade, and he hasn't been. He's been pretty bad. He ended up still playing a lot this game, but um, Will Blackman ended up seeing a lot more time at safety, sort of like partly in his place, but also was on the field at the same time as him. So, I thought that was a good adjustment that they made by switching up the safety roles a little bit. 93 greater than 91 on 3D. This is about... Trent Murphy, previously a missing and forgotten man, having legitimately greater impact than Ryan Kerrigan, especially on third downs, but really throughout the game and in two consecutive games. Hmm. Anything? Um, uh, I don't know what it is. He, you know, he's the guy that they asked him to bulk up a ton this year so he could play defensive end, and then they changed their mind after Junior Gillette got hurt, and they asked him to lose a bunch of weight, and they kind of just been, you know treating him like a little whipping boy, but some he figured something out because he's getting pressure like he never did before. Huh, we'll have to watch that. Baker crushed Eli. This is just in reference to a really sweet sack that Chris Baker had where he just absolutely trucked Eli and caused a fumble. Wasted Crowder PR. Uh, Jameson Crowder had that awesome punt return um, that set them up beautifully for a score, but they couldn't, they couldn't convert a touchdown out of it. Uh, run D still bad. It speaks for itself. The run D is still not good. Baker fighting Barry. I saw this. It's it really interesting. Line. Yeah, they they showed just a very short clip of this, but um, they were really Chris Baker and Joe Barry were like really going at it for a few seconds there. And I don't know, you know, it was kind of early. I think it was in the first half. It was maybe that sort of spurred something that that caused you know that caused things to start working. But um, they were really having at it. Deshaun Jackson touchdown. We've hit on anything yeah. else there? Nah. Blackman forced fumble. He made a nice, really nice play to force a fumble that the Redskins recovered um, right after he came in for D'Angelo Hall, whose injuries looks like, by the way, might be pretty bad. Yeah. Clock management into the first half. I saw this. They should have called a timeout when they uh, – they should have called a timeout a lot earlier than they did. Got to touch on that. Yeah, they, they, um, they, they, they got a first down down inside the 10 with tw- 23 seconds left. They had a timeout. And they didn't use it. They tried to run up and clock it. They wasted half their time. They ended up only then getting off one incomplete pass, and then Cousins completely botched the next play and took a sack, and they got zero. <laughs> the worst. Uh, I hate it when quarterbacks do that. 71 at left guard we sort of talked about, yeah, right? Yeah. Crowder screen, touchdown on third and 15 we, we talked about. Yeah. Bad call, Bruton interception. Uh, Bruton, yeah, David Bruton, who uh, I've now maligned, uh, did have one really nice play that should have been ruled a, an interception in the corner of the end zone, uh, but it was ruled incomplete on the field, and the replay somehow, did, you know, upheld the the field call. But um, that would have been a, a really that would have saved three points. 
uh, fake punt we've talked about, fade draw. That I know what that is. That's when they were dang in the goal line and they threw a fade and then tried to run with <laughs> Like the draw was like, oh, 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 for all you guys out there who are like, no, this is the worst play you could possibly run. They're like, no, 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 no. Let's show you what else we got. The draw, even worse than the fade <laughs> with Kirk Cousins. With the right quarterback, it works. You know, <laughs> I, I, they look great. Kirk Cousins, not. No, no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. Obviously, sometimes you got to do that. Um, blocked punt. Yeah. So, golly. Do you see it? Did you watch it? Yeah. Uh, that play was crazy. The Giants, the Giants blocked a punt and would have been set up at like the 15 yard line if not for some scrub who just made the Giants roster. And like headbutted something. Oh dude. my gosh! Neutralized the play, and then um, you know, so that that got called back, and then interestingly, there was um, so so they got to repunt, which was just huge. But Trent Murphy got called for a weird batting the ball out of bounds penalty on the yep, same I, thing. I actually knew that rule. Yeah, so they were offsetting. If if he hadn't done that, the Redskins would have actually had a first down. That was my question. Okay, because I didn't have the audio on that one, and, and it was so weird because it was like it was two, you know, penalties that were basically unrelated to the punt itself. They were like pretty late in the in yeah, the. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I was curious if it would have given the Redskins. I think it would have been 15 yards and a first down. Um, if he had just like let the Giants recover it there, uh, but obviously, like you know, his instinct is. Don't let him pick it up and run in for a touchdown here. Um, kicker's awesome. The Redskins kickers, the kicker and punter, are both so freaking awesome. Dustin Hopkins, I think, is 11 for 11 this year. And Tressway, in addition to the crazy um, fake punt pass conversion that he made, has just been booming the ball. So they're, the Redskins have a better kicker and punter combination right now than I think they probably have had in my lifetime, or at least that I can recall. It's unbelievable. Sounds nerdy to cheer for him, but there's nothing more satisfying than being um, than being like content with your uh, your kicking unit. Absolutely. When you know it's it's shaky, it's just the worst. Um, so much better than Graham Gano. I mean, the, the <laughs> back off. I mean, the, the Panthers know it too. They traded a fourth round pick because they they had two punters all all like all draft all the training camp. Right. And it, and they're like, nah, we're not going in with a shaky dude, you know? Yep. I mean, if I'm a coach, if I'm in like the final week of the season and my punter like uh, like botches two snap like like twice the ball goes through his hands, I'm like, that's it, I'm out of here. I can't I, I can't have somebody that I don't think 99 percent, 99.9% of the time he's just is at least catching. Same same thing with fielding punts. I don't even care if you return if you're a 100% smart catcher, and that includes not only. Do I think that you'll catch the ball every time? But you know, like when to get it because it's going to roll, when to right. get away. No matter, like that. I'm like, oh my god, that to me, it's it's a luxury to have like, you know, an actual right return man. But I'll take just a smart catcher of the ball right. every time. Like I'll take a uh, a good punter. Agree. Uh, and then. Run play on third and three at the end. That was just kind of a nitpicky thing. The Redskins had a couple had a couple calls. That was one of two third down calls in the second half that I really hated. One was one was like a um, like a screen to I think on on third and two they like lost five yards with a screen to Chris Thompson that was just poorly designed. But then later at the very end when they had really had a chance to kind of put the game away they had this totally vanilla run up the middle that had no chance on third and three down in the red zone. They ended up having to kick a field goal. I just wasn't a big fan of that. Well, uh, Craven's pick we've, we've talked about, I think. Yep. 
That that he, I mean, let's let's have a few more words though about it. Not 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 only I mean the timing of that pick, obviously it basically sealed the game. Well, I mean essentially won the game, but that was just a filthy pick. What a great play. Sua Cravens has been looking really good. Oh, and just a rookie, right? That's right. That's amazing. Uh, and key injuries. Yeah, so so I think four guys are getting MRIs tomorrow. The center, the left guard, and then D. Hall, who they think maybe towards ACL. Um, try, oh, and then Breland. Breland has maybe a high ankle or something, but they're gonna have they're gonna have to make some uh, some I think pretty pretty difficult uh, adjustments. If especially like if 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 Lichtensteiger, the center, and Laveo, the left guard, are out, and and, and Laveo's injury sounds like it might be bad. Um, they're going to be faced with the prospect of potentially... I mean, I honestly don't know whether they would continue to play super stud left tackle Trent Williams at left guard uh, because the backup tackle, Ty Inseki, just basically can't play guard or now with a week of practice if they would kick him inside. But that's that's an unusually juicy plot line for offensive line, if you ask me. Well, you've got about five or six weeks to make it to the bye week, so hopefully they can keep together. Now, the next best thing to the bye week in the NFL is facing the Cleveland Browns at home. <laughs> uh, is that uh, that's a team? I don't even know what they. Did. I feel like Terrell Pryor may have been playing quarterback some today. <laughs> I don't know what 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 did happen with them. I'm not. Did they play today? Yeah. Oh, they did. Actually, they were playing the Dolphins pretty well. We were talking about kickers. I think they had a chance to win. And they had a kicker blow like a 38-yarder, and it was like his third one of the game. Oh my gosh. And I think it was like a dude that the Eagles have cut. I mean, I, I I cannot imagine what it was like being that dude. But <clears throat> like Terrell Pryor was like on the sidelines screaming after the miss kicked with a face of like, dude, what? Like I honestly think he like ran, <laughs> passed, caught the ball. I think he was like just like their whole offense, and they managed enough points to get themselves in position to win, and they didn't. So, well, um, for months that this game obviously was supposed to be Kirk Cousins versus RG three. You know, RG three's great return, but uh, not not gonna happen. Yeah, but I mean, come on, everybody should have known RG three wasn't gonna make it to week four. <laughs> we were pretty suspicious. Come on, come on, that's a long time. They should have scheduled that one for the opener. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe preseason game three. That, that joke that. actually was fairly fairly I'm, prominent I'm when it really, came out. That's pretty like, <laughs> week four? Come on, man. he's not going to make it a week four. Uh, oh, poor RG3. Uh, anything else about the Browns coming up or uh, or final thoughts on looking back on the, the Giants? No, it's just I, that they better win. The- I mean, if they can't beat the Browns at home, they're missing a golden opportunity to get back into this. They could be 2-2, two and two, totally alive. You know, importantly, the NFC East doesn't look nearly as miserable as we thought it would be because the Eagles just destroyed the Steelers yeah. today, which is kind of terrifying. Good. And then, you know, the Cowboys have been looking pretty good, too. So it's the division's not just going to roll over. Maybe it is going to take 10 wins after all to win the division. So they got to have Browns at home or else they're in just as big a trouble as they as they were before today. Yep. Um, good. So we'll, uh, we'll be watching it. And when it happens, we'll be talking about the game versus the Browns here on Burgundy Broadcast. For Brent, I am Hayes. We out. Woo!